this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. Okay, so here we are with our guest, Dr. Mark Brainerd. Thank you for being here, Mark. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. This month, we are focused on what leaders can do to ensure the organization thrives by fulfilling the needs of the community and in turn being supported within the community and various agencies. We're very fortunate to have Mark as our guest. Dr. Brainerd is the president of Delaware Technical Community College. Our One Thing series features a great leader to provide insight in our leadership topic for that month. This month, we are focusing on connectivity and partnership and really how we can network with other agencies for the betterment of the organization. We know that Dell Tech serves the community well, serves its students, and is very responsive to labor market demands. It requires an immense amount of community buy-in from a variety of different agencies and people. Before TJ introduces our guests, let me say that Delaware Technical Community College is a state-of-the-art, statewide, multi-campus community college that is very progressive and is guided by a clear vision and mission. TJ, why don't you introduce our distinguished guest? Thanks, Joe. Our guest this month is Dr. Mark Brainerd, president of Delaware Technical Community College. Dr. Mark Brainerd, a proud graduate of Delaware Tech, was appointed as the college's fifth president on August 4th, 2014. Previously, Dr. Brainerd spent over three decades in a series of executive level leadership roles in the higher education, business, government, and legislative arenas in Delaware. One of his priorities as president is to employ his knowledge, experience, and leadership skills to ensure that today's students continue to receive the same foundation and opportunities that he received as a student of the college over 30 years ago. Throughout his career, he has served as Chief of Staff for the House Minority Caucus in the Delaware State Legislature, Director of External Affairs at DelDOT, Assistant Vice President for Human Resources and Legal Affairs at Delaware Tech, Executive Vice President of the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce, and Chief of Staff for Delaware Governor Ruth Ann Minner. At the end of the, of the governor's term, he returned to Delaware Tech and served in a number of leadership positions until he was appointed president of the college in 2014. In a short time, he has implemented a number of initiatives, including creating a college-wide culture that embraces innovation, developing a statewide program for high school students to address the manufacturing skills gap in Delaware, and establishing a variety of support programs for veterans, earning the college its military-friendly school designation for three years in a row. Dr. Brainer holds an associate degree in criminal justice from Dell Tech, a bachelor's degree in behavioral science from Wilmington University, and a doctorate degree from Widener University, Delaware Law School. We're so fortunate to have Mark on this episode of our One Thing series. So, okay, Mark, let's start on the topic of networking and bridging together people and resources. 
to create opportunities to ensure progress. This is something that you're an expert on, have to do within your role as president, and much more. Leaders must always be in a position to work for the betterment of the organization. In your role, you must remain sensitive to the community, offer programs that are labor market driven, and support students looking to succeed in a post-secondary environment, all of which requires a lot of resources and people. How do you build that support among various people and agencies across the state to ensure Dell Tech can fulfill its mission? We want to hear anything that you might say about networking and bridging agencies together to ensure the success of organizations. Joe and I and our listeners are ready to learn from you. Well, thank you. And don't hesitate to uh, tell me your ideas as well, because uh, at, at Delaware Tech, one of the things that we continually tell people is that we do the best work when we're listening. Um, and it, and it, really, it really goes back to what you said earlier about Delaware Tech's mission. Uh, we're, we're 51 years old now, and we were founded with the mission to create a high quality workforce for local business and industry. And if you think about that, you know, back during those initial years of the college's history, we had programs like nursing and auto technician and a, and a program called key punch operator. Well, 50 years later, we still offer nursing and still offer auto technician, but key punch operator jobs are no longer relevant. So we've got new programs like energy management and cybersecurity technicians. And the way an organization or a community co college evolves is to listen to the business community and to partner and connect with the business community to learn not just what jobs are out there in the market now, but what jobs are going to exist out over the horizon. And uh, we do that, and we not only uh, serve a, uh, a workforce in the state, but we make sure that the graduates that we produce every year uh, have the skills and competencies that are relevant and up-to-date, and, and day one on the job are, are, uh, are filling those employer needs. So when you, when you reference connectivity, it's really part of how we do business. Our 120 some programs have advisory committees and those advisory committees are comprised of employers who tell us on a regular ongoing basis what the skills and competencies are for um, their sector. And we adapt, uh, we listen, we adapt, we change, and we continually try to improve those programs to make sure that our graduates are ready on day one. So um, when, when you talk about connectivity and networking to us, it's, it's, it's not a nice to have, it's, it's a have to have. It's something that we, uh, we do as, as a regular part of our uh, uh, business model to make sure that our programs are relevant, timely, uh, nimble, and, res and responsive to uh, the economic development needs of our state. Mark, that's incredible. I, I, I love how you talk about the relevance, the timeliness, the nimbleness, the, this idea to be able to respond. But we also know as leaders, just to follow up on that, you know, closing programs and opening programs takes a lot of will. It takes a leader's initiative. 
And very often it's, it will meet resistance. I mean, some things are obvious like the key punch operator, but you know, things like cybersecurity and other programs are a huge financial investment. They require a lot of people's commitment and time and willingness to see it through. As a leader, how do you make that decision to close a program, to open a program with confidence and assured those involved that, you know, this is going to be a success? Well, it really is about the data. If you think about it, um, we really have to be uh, sensitive to what the labor market studies are showing, uh, not just in the state, but in the region around different sectors. Uh, You're absolutely correct that our April Board of Trustees meeting, we not only updated them on new programs that are on the horizon, but uh, we presented to them the programs that needed to be discontinued because, quite frankly, we uh, were not going to continue to offer a credential or a program uh, where the labor market demands weren't existent or growing. Um, And, you know, the other thing that, that is really important to understand is that, um, you know, the, the non-credit credentials that we offer, you know, the, most folks are familiar with the associate degree programs that we offer in nursing and criminal justice and engineering and culinary, but we offer uh, a whole host of non-credit uh, credentials, certifications that our students are, are job ready in a matter of weeks or months rather than years. And uh, those certifications are critical as well. We need to be dialed into the IT community and the financial community to understand uh, what the new and emerging uh, needs are in those fields. We, um, you know, we need to be working in lockstep with the manufacturing sector to make sure that we're offering uh, the right skills and competencies uh, for that sector as well. So, uh, it, it, it you are on target when you talk about the fact that there can be resistance uh, to uh, eliminating programs. But the bottom line is, if there are no jobs out there, we have to eliminate the programs and redeploy those resources in an area where we know uh, there are jobs in demand. And that's really how we do it. We can, we can create a program with, without running off to the state and say, we need X additional funds for this uh, because you reallocate resources where they're best needed and most needed. That's fantastic. And I think you close it out perfectly, Mark, with that. It's you're allocating resources for what's very best for the organization, which is designed to serve students. Um, I think our, our listeners will truly benefit from that. Let's move on to our five leadership questions that help people lead better and grow faster. Our first question, who is one person or group who you follow for either knowledge or inspiration and where can we find them? Well, it, it's an interesting subject. I mean, I, when you went through my bio, um, there, there were literally people in every position that I looked to to learn from. Um, I, I believe that, as you do, you know, leadership matters, and and I don't care whether it's on a sports field or in 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 business or in medicine. It, leadership matters, and any good leader 
uh, or any effective leader is also a lifelong learner. Um, and if you're put in a position uh, and you're at all interested in making a difference and you're at all mission driven, you're, you're continually looking and listening to other people um, to, to learn from. And what I like to tell students is um, it's, it's the old uh, coaching phrase, you know, coaches used to say, you know, champions are made when no one's watching. And I, and I believe that leaders are made when no one's watching, you know, the, that, that person who makes the extra step or takes the extra step to serve a student and, um, you know, understands that there's a bigger picture in place and makes a certain sacrifice so that the group can benefit. And all those little timeless lessons that you can pick up from others. Um, you know, I think what I've learned over the years that it really hasn't been one person that I've learned from, but it's, it's really a whole host of individuals, whether it's a governor or a legislator or a business leader or a member of our faculty who just happened to do the right thing under uh, the right circumstances. They're, they're all leadership moments. And I think that's what um, any leader is looking to looking to learn every day. That's great, Mark. Thanks for sharing that. I think the the takeaway there, the big takeaway for me anyway, is that uh, look around. There yes. are people leading in every direction, and there's opportunity everywhere to learn from people who are leading and making sacrifices and trying to make a difference. And the simplicity and the statement that leadership matters is something that Joe and I believe in deeply. Um, our number two question for our one thing series is what's the one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their life or day? Well, I'm a big advocate of, uh, I'll use the E word, you know, exercise, but, uh, you got to move, you got to take care of yourself. You know, you get energy by expending energy and, um, you know, I guess a lot of us get involved in exercise because, you know, we're involved in sports at a young age and we just want to keep playing, you know, into our adulthood. But um, the, the, as I've progressed through my career and had different positions that have either been demanding or challenging, there, there's really been nothing uh, more beneficial to me than continuing uh, a regular effective exercise regimen that you can not just spend some time taking care of your your body but m probably more important your mind yeah i don't th i don't think tj and i could agree more it's funny we share this story often but the schoolhouse 302 was born on the trails of white clay creek just tj and i going out running yeah um, really just to, to share ideas, the notion of iron sharpens iron. Yep. And then one day we were just like, look, we should start putting, putting some of this down. Um, but that's something we've enjoyed just running, exercising and knowing if we need to gain po proper perspective, um, getting some physical motion helps us with our mental process. Um, yep. so we agree. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I'm singing to the choir here, but I, I, I cannot tell you how many countless times, especially uh, either in this position or, you know, the years in the governor's office where, you know, 
my head would be wrapped up in knots over a problem. And, you know, I'd go out in the afternoon to, you know, shut the computer down and just, you know, try to run and and, uh, get some exercise in. And almost like magic, a solution pops in your head. And, And it's, it's the way the brain works. You gotta, you gotta shut it down and ratchet it down for those, you know, more creative thoughts to come popping in. And and people who exercise on a regular basis, that's not a surprise to them. But you know, when you explain it to somebody else who doesn't appreciate it, they they don't <laughs> they think you're messing with them. But it's true. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, Mark, let's move on to question three. What's the one thing that you want to know or be able to do? that you don't already? Well, I, I think, you know, being the generation that I am, I, I'm not as conversant in technology as I would like to be. I, I think, as you know, technology continues to change and it changes fairly rapidly. And, and uh, I, I can't speak for you guys because you're, you're, you're doing your podcast and you're kind of pushing the edge of technology and using it in a way that benefits you and your organization. And, um, you know, that's, that's the way we progress. But I've always felt uh, that I'm two steps behind on the rest of the world on, on maximizing the use of technology to help me. So that's one area that I think that I could always use help on. Yeah, it's such a powerful tool. Um, I think that's insightful. It's also something that I think almost all of us who aren't native to technology wish we knew more. Joe and I with the podcast and and the online tools we use, we are learning every day, but using technology is something that can help leaders be um, have more convenience with uh, the world around them. So right. it's insightful. So number four, what's the one thing that led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that you think others might be able to replicate? Well, it goes back to something that we talked about a little bit earlier. I, I truly believe that the best leaders are lifelong learners. And if, if you're not reading continually, uh, not just in your field and not just to keep up on uh, the nuts and bolts of, of uh, your operation, but if you're not reading continually and learning about leadership and learning about how uh, humans can perform and perform better and be more effective at what they do. Um, you know, you're really not serving yourself or the organization. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things is to talk to a number of, uh, people in my network, you know, what are you reading now? Um, and you know, was that relevant to me? And, and, you know, what five books am I taking on vacation? Because, you know, I know when I come back, there's going to be some perspective or an idea or some new approach to something that we might need to try. So um, re- reading is just key for everything. But uh, for any leader, uh, you really have to have an appetite for lifelong learning and staying up on that. Mark, we uh, part of our blog features a read this series. Um, you know, regarding your network or even you yourself, is there a book that you find to be a must read that if you, if you had to give it to someone as a gift, an aspiring leader, you said, you know what, this is something you can't go another day without reading. Do you have a, a, a title for us? Well, I, I am rooted in the entire Daniel Goleman, you know, emotional intelligence uh, as a foundation for everything. I mean, I really do believe that 
the principles that he outlined in 1995 are really just the, the basics for not just leadership, but life. And the, the whole idea of being self-aware and how we uh, you know, use those emotional intelligence skills or attributes to uh, succeed. Again, not just in the workplace, but in life. And th there was a book that, that came out uh, after Goldman's emotional intelligence book. It was called Executive EQ. And it was written by uh, a gentleman by the name of Cooper. And he came out of the business community. He, he became uh, a huge advocate for emotional intelligence in the workplace, not because it was, you know, the nice thing to do or the right thing to do. He came at it from a uh, scientific perspective and, and really a data-driven perspective and said, it's good for business. You know, you're, you're more effective, you're more productive, and, and you have a... Uh, you know, a more profitable organization if you're emotionally intelligent. So Cooper's book on executive EQ, I think, is one of those things that I, I, just, I, I just thought it was great because it built on what Goldman's principles were and really put a fine point on them um, as applying them to organizations. That's great. Let's, this is our final question, Mark. What's the one thing you used to think that you don't think anymore. Uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier and, and it's interesting. I, I don't know whether it comes with age or just having a, a better perspective on how things play out. But, you know, early in our careers, we, we tend to be programmed to get things done, get them done as quickly as possible and work the list and move on to the next project. And, and you're really running to, you know, come in early, stay late, you know, <laughs> uh, be, be efficient. And um, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that unless there's some type of mandatory deadline that's staring us in the face when we're dealing with complicated issues or or high stakes, high profile matters that we have to resolve. It's always in everybody's best interest to take a breath and sit back and think and talk and, and maybe go for a long run and, and deliberate and really take time uh, for ourselves and the organization before we start making decisions and before we start trying to solve complicated problems or before we start to implement new projects. You know, sometimes the effective leader has to just tell the room, time out, sit back, you know, let's all take a breath and think a little bit more before we make this decision. And, uh, that, that's one thing that you probably couldn't have convinced me at the age of 30 or 35. But today, uh, it's probably one of the most important things a leader, I think, can bring to a, a, dis, a discussion or a decision. Thank you for that, Mark. Our listeners are going to love that. In such a fast-paced environment that many of our organizations are in, the thoughtfulness piece taking a moment. Um, it's great to hear that from a leader too, to the people to say, all right, folks, let's just take a minute to think hard about this before we make a silly decision. 
So great uh, interview. Um, and again, that's the key, the simplicity. We always say that leadership might be complex, but it certainly doesn't have to be complicated. Mark, is there anything else that you would like to add today for our listeners at all? I just want to thank you guys for doing this because uh, there's a common theme in the discussion and that's uh, lifelong learning and, and uh, leadership matters. So when you bring those two things together, I think it's a huge resource uh, for a lot of leaders, not just current leaders, but emerging leaders. And I just want to thank you both for taking the time and investing the energy uh, into this. Well, we thank you. We know you're a busy man and we thank you for your time and our listeners are going to love this podcast. So there you have it, Dr. Mark Brainerd, president of Delaware Technical Community College. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, leadership models, video blogs, all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our One Thing series on how leaders network and build connections to better their organization. Thank you, Mark, for being with us. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you.